Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot to go over this Monday. All right, let's start here. Cluster bombs. What, we're sending them? I thought we weren't supposed to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, the White House is agreeing to send cluster bombs over to Ukraine. These are bombs that release smaller bombs, and they they pose a risk to civilians uh, because, one, you don't really know where all the little bombs, they call them bomblets, will wind up. And then also some of them don't explode. They're duds. But they could still explode sometimes years after the fact. Think of like 52 pickup, but with landmines. Okay, that's basically what you're playing here. Okay. And so a lot of nations have, have banned the use of them. The U.S. is not part of that agreement uh, because, well, we make the finest cluster bombs in this fine country of ours. Okay. So, uh, and, and I mean, even last year, the Biden White House, though, saying said Russia using cluster bombs would constitute a war crime. But now, because apparently we're running low on ammo, according to Joe Biden, we need to and send going to tell things. the whole world yeah, who, that. Hey, right. You know, exactly. I'm like, what is he doing? I heard that. I'm like, what are you telling? What are you saying? Hey, dude, Ukraine's out, about out of ammo. We're, we're running low. Hey, and all you criminals out there, the police are running out of uh, ammo and handcuffs. <laughs> You know, it's not like you're I selling don't them. Respect it. Like we got low inventory, better come in now. He was, man. <laughs> Unreal. I don't get it. I know. I don't get it. Here's Biden. Ukraine continues to be brutally attacked across the board by munitions, by these cluster munitions that are have dud rates that are very, very low. I mean, very high, that are yeah. danger to civilians. Hmm. Number one. Number two, uh, the Ukrainians are running out of ammunition. Uh, the ammunition that they, they call them 155 millimeter weapons. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a war relating to munitions, and uh, the running out of those that ammunition, and we're low on it. And don't you wonder, people in Ukraine are like, "What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you don't tell yeah. everybody that." <laughs> I also like where he says this is a war related to munitions, unlike every other war <laughs> that war. has ever been fought in human history. Yeah. <laughs> right. That yeah. one where you're hitting each other with pillows. Remember that yeah. one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Thanks, Joe, for the tutorial. Yeah. Go ahead. And so what I finally did, it took the recommendation of the Defense Department to not permanently, but to allow for in this transition period where we get more 155 hmm. weapons, these shells for the Ukrainians, to provide them with a something that has a very low dud rate. It's about one, I think it's 150 which is the least likely to be blowing. And it's not used in civilian areas. No, okay. Gosh, dude. All right. Yep. Fit as a fiddle, mentally, physically. All right. So we'll see where all of this goes. It is interesting, especially after hearing, you know, testimony from another person the other day that said, yeah, the Biden family's corrupt. Here's my story when it comes to this stuff. And it does have to do with either China or Ukraine, time and time again. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Ukraine again. And we're talking about China almost every day. Just another coincidence. Just another one. 
But more on that a little bit later. Um, how about the cocaine caper with the White House? Is that story over now? Media well, done paying attention to that? I suppose so, because they've, they've heard from law enforcement and people within the White House, well, there's no way to know who left the baggie in a fairly secured area in the White House. No way to know it. Okay, so just move on. Don't worry about it. But so, yeah, they're still trying to track the, or crack the case of who brought a baggie of cocaine into the White House. And apparently, if you ask if it was Hunter Biden's, that's irresponsible. So the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, was asked, and I quote, Can you just say once and for all whether or not the cocaine belonged to the Biden family? Simple enough, right? Okay. So we're not avoiding the question. That is not true. We've answered this question, litigated this question for the last two days exhaustively. Um, you know, there has been some irresponsible reporting uh, about the family. Hold on a second. You never said it wasn't. Right. They've never explicitly said whether or not it was Hunter's or anybody else in the Biden family. It's irresponsible to ask, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I got to call that out here. And I have been very clear. I was clear uh, two days ago when talking about this over mm-hmm. and over again as I was being asked a question. As you know, and media outlets reported this, the Biden family was not here. They were not here. They were at Camp David. They were not here Friday. They were not here Saturday. They were not here Sunday. They what? Were- they were yes. there on Friday. They left on Friday. Yes. She's talking afternoon, maybe late, okay. late into the evening. Yeah, and Hunter yeah. Biden's on the helicopter going, oh, crap, where's my stat? Where's it? They were not even here Monday. They came back on Tuesday. So to ask that question is actually incredibly irresponsible. And and um, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> she never answered the question, though. No. no. And it's not irresponsible. It's like, hey, we found an empty bottle of Southern Comfort and six dozen Big Mac boxes outside the Motley Crue tour bus. <laughs> but it would be irresponsible to ask if they were left by Vince Neal. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's too bad that Hunter doesn't have the Find, Find My Cocaine app on his phone. <laughs> you know, that was just his stash for the plane ride, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. That was probably a really brutal hour and a half flight. <laughs> right. No kidding. But I also saw some of the reports uh, from the different outlets saying, yeah, that's the thing. And in that area, not a lot of cameras there. Uh, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? That one goof on MSNBC, how did he frame that? A, uh, you know, not an area that, uh, you know, is highly trafficked, but not wasn't necessarily covered by cameras all that well. You know, it's an area that a decent amount of people had access to. It just makes that investigation a little bit difficult. So, you know, this could all end without, um, you know, necessarily anyone being named as the person who was responsible for bringing that bag of cocaine to the White House. <laughs> of course, that's how it's going to end. How yeah. is there not cameras yeah. there? What are you talking about? I don't know. I <laughs> know. I'm like. Wait a minute. So, so my front door has better surveillance coverage than an entry into a private entrance at the White House? Correct. That's what they no want you to believe. Way. I no, don't, I don't believe it. No. They know it's hunters. Come on. I mean, they because yeah. they should be able to say, no, he wasn't even in that particular part of the White House anytime right. on Friday right. uh, or anytime on Thursday, the last time yep. he was around there. So I, you they know, can't it fell do it. out of his pocket. Okay, who knows? But I, mean, I don't think anybody that's reasonable is buying what they're trying to sell. No, 
right now. And it's possible you're leaving for a trip with your dad and the rest of your family, and you put it there because you don't want anybody to find it, and you'll pick it up when you get back. No, I I think... Well, did they ever say... I don't remember them saying that they actually found it in a cubby or anything. They just found it in an area where there were cubbies that people could put their phones. Yeah, I think I was... Yeah. Didn't they find... I mean, it, it would also be reasonable to think somebody was you know looking in their pockets for something else and it fell out and then got kicked under something or was kind of out of sight yeah i don't think anybody stashed it there to go pick it up later i think they dropped it where i thought you were going with that scott actually was to say when hunter who could blame him he was going to be around jill all weekend he needed a little (laughs) little help to get him through man uh an update on larry nasser if you remember yeah. that name. Yeah, mm-hmm. finally, some good news here. That guy got stabbed in prison. That's what I heard. Larry Nasser. What are the details? Yeah, the old the old uh, 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 gymnastics coach for the Olympics uh, and, of course, Michigan State University, who sexually assaulted multiple young girls uh, under his care. He is serving basically the rest of his life in prison. He's going to be in prison, either state or federal. Uh, But apparently uh, he was attacked yesterday at U.S. Penitentiary Coleman in Florida. Uh, One of the people said Nasser had been stabbed in the back and in the chest. The prison was experiencing staffing shortages, and one of the people familiar with the matter told the Associated Press that the officers assigned to the unit where Nasser was being held were working mandated overtime shifts. Probably also not feeling too bad about that dude getting shanked. No. No. That's what happens no, right. to child molesters in prison. Yeah, usually it's been not well good. documented. Was he in Gen Pop, do you know? I think so. Yeah. I'm surprised at that. I don't think it's a bad thing. No, I don't either. I'm just saying I'm surprised. Yeah. That he was with the general population in the prison, that guy. Because yeah. everybody knew who that guy was. Yeah. By the way, speaking of child molesters, oh my gosh, dude. That movie Sound of Freedom. Mm-hmm. Jim Caviezel. Yep, it's expected to hit forty million dollars after the whole first weekend. That's an amazing story, and I don't know if you've seen. We talked about this a little bit the other day. Left wing reviews of that movie all want to call it QAnon adjacent. Yeah, like it's not actually happening. Child sex trafficking around the world. It's unbelievable. You know what is going on? I mean, you think that there are just things in this country. I realize we're divided. I realize we don't agree on much, but there are certain things we could just agree on. Yeah, like this child is a sex trafficking evil, is evil and yes. horrible and must be stopped, and this shines a light on that problem. Yes. What's yeah. the deal? Well, when did QAnon come into this? I think you've got a couple of things going on here. You've got, one, a bunch of lefty writers who are so brainwashed that anything conservatives like has to be bad, has to be some sort of conspiracy theory. And then also, at the top, you have some people who are just evil and want to diddle kids. And so they're, they're upset by it. When people were... I, reading some of the reviews makes my skin crawl yeah. because they make it out to be this completely baseless conspiracy theory. It's not. And I no. just look at another a comparison to another movie that had similar themes, and that was Spotlight. That was about sex abuse being covered up in the Catholic Church based on a true story, obviously. Boston yes. Globe does this uh, Spotlight series Saw the movie, yep. on this. And I remember hearing from hearing Catholics talk about it, saying... This is an important thing to reckon with. It is, it is painful for devout yeah. Catholics who had nothing to do with it. 
right to to witness this and know what is going on but it is an important movie i mean even the people directly affected by these scandals were saying no this is important but you don't see that in this case Hmm. why is that it, it seems like every year left media gets worse and more indoctrinated honestly with kooks that's what it seems like I mean, you look at the Washington Post reviewing this or Rolling Stone. It's disgusting. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and so uncalled for. Just. Yes. I mean, again, you cannot like the movie based on several things. Rolling Stone called Sound of Freedom a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. Yeah. Bad people. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, just bad people. More on that a little bit later. Did you guys hear the story of the judge that ruled that the thumbs-up emoji is legally binding. Oh, gosh. Gee whiz. Hey, we're going to get this deal done, right? The thumbs-up emoji? I'm in trouble. (laughs) And all of a sudden, it's like, no, that's legally binding. Holy smokes. Like, what? how did that happen? It's it's actually fascinating. I'll need your thumbs-up on these documents. (laughs) (laughs) And what city in America will they be handing out snorting kits? Yes, that's right, snorting kits. Next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, and the Polka Dots. Scott Robin. <laughs> okay, so where are they handing out the snorting kits? Well, well where else but Multnomah County. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, in Oregon. Uh, snorting kits for drug users will soon be distributed in the city of Portland and its surrounding county as part of a harm reduction plan. Where do you buy snorting kits? Well, you buy them in part. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, some of it the federal government provides. Walk into Walgreens. Yeah. Can I see your snorting kits, please? Yeah. The Multnomah <laughs> County Health Department announced the plan Friday and said it's going to expand available drug paraphernalia for users to adjust to alternative methods of fentanyl use beyond injection. You'll get a nice little packet of tin foil, some straws and snorting kits. Even the idiot mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, said, no, I, I, don't, I don't like this. This is a bad idea. This is just encouraging drug use, which, of course, it is. Well, in a lot of places, they could at least pretend, well, uh, we think this is really going to help. But it's been proven time and time again that these efforts don't help. Yeah. They make it worse. Uh, yeah. It's common sense. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes, man, you see a headline and you're like, all right, you couldn't make that up. Is that the Babylon Bee or is that reality? Oh, nope, that's, that's that's actually reality. You know, not to be outdone, I don't know. I just happened to see the headline a little earlier, and that was 50 Cent. 50 saying, L.A.'s done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Because they're not going to keep people in jail anymore. No. I mean, what? You, what? You beat somebody up. You stole something. Whatever it might be. It's just common assault. No, you're not going to stay in jail for that. Let them right out. Yeah. He's like, all right, LA's done. We've lost it. Of course, and then the story, you see all of the pictures. I mean, just an absolute nightmare. And more and more people moving out of California. It used to be they were moving out of California to go to Oregon. Well, it depends on what part of Oregon now yeah. you're talking about. Or Washington. I know. Interesting. Oh, I mentioned uh, this court case that's pretty wild. Um, and the thumbs-up emoji is legally binding, at least in Canada. There was a disagreement between a farmer in Saskatchewan and a company that was trying to buy grain. So you go back to 2021. 
A buyer for the company sent a mass text to a bunch of farmers trying to buy around 100 tons. Farm named Chris Atcher called him back. They talked it through. Then the buyer texted Chris a message to please confirm the contract. Chris texted back, thumbs up emoji. But claims he hadn't even read the contract yet. He was just trying to let the guy know, yeah, got your text. Right, thumbs that's up. how I took okay. it. I acknowledged it that way, too. Like, okay, I got it. I'll, I'll check it out, right? That's, that's honestly my understanding, how... yes. Okay. So the deal fell through when Chris didn't deliver the grain when he was supposed to. Yeah. So the company sued him. Chris's lawyer is arguing, arguing that emojis, they can mean different things. Yeah, oh, yeah. So you're saying the thumbs up just been, yeah, I've got this. Okay. I acknowledge I have it. I'm working on it. Whatever. Yes. Okay. And saying that should not be legally binding. But the judge called it a non-traditional and valid signature. So now Chris has to pay over $61,000 in damages. Holy smokes, man. Plus interest. Wow. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's a non-traditional and valid signature. Okay. I just found out earlier this morning, and I'm not going to gripe about this too long. The long story short is, and if you've listened to the show, you know, we've had different issues, each one of us, getting just prescriptions filled. Okay? It, a lot of Americans deal with this issue. So if you've been on a certain medication for a long time, you may have to have doctor's approval of that and a written letter so insurance will cover it, right? Mm-hmm. And then it expires without you knowing. You're like, why is this being held up? Well, we don't know there's an issue. And it takes a few days to figure it out. And then you're without the prescription for several days. And I found out, so I have to go sign a paper today? And I'm thinking, what do I have to sign it for? I've been on this for years. Yeah. <laughs> what do you need my approval for? Can I give you a thumbs up freaking emoji so we can just get this thing rolling along? That's how you need to sign it. You need to just sign a thumbs up. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Made my mark. Maybe I will. And what, generics now are $360 a month? Who said this was a racket? Jeez. Wow, man. All right. Got to get to a news update. And Disney World crowds are thin. Why? Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. I love summertime. Mind you, vacations. Sometimes we had good memories of vacation as a kid. Oh, yeah. It's a cool thing. You know, we were talking this morning about a story I saw in the Wall Street Journal. Disney World hasn't felt this empty in years. Like, oh, interesting. So I had heard that attendance at the old park was down. Um, Subheadline says shorter wait times for rides and more discount offers are signs of thinning crowds at the theme parks. Uh oh. Yeah, why would you think that is? Well, <laughs> obviously it's COVID and climate change. Right, exactly. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> right. Uh, they're saying in the story it's Disney's parks and some rival parks. So not just Disney, but Disney certainly. It's not as big a crowd as it used to be. Um, and it says in the story, Disney execs have said they've expected weaker earnings from their U.S. parks this year. Um, they're even offering hotel discounts around Christmas, which is typically a peak period. And, you know, part of this, too, is all the wokeness. Oh, sure. All over the place. And, you know, I mentioned it was, you know, a couple months ago or six weeks ago when the story was about the fairy godmother at the, what is it, Bippity Boppity Boutique. And it was the dude. Yeah. 
as the, I don't know, fairy godmother, fairy godmother apprentice. With, with the beard, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the people were like, all right, that's it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this anymore. I can't support that. And I think some people in the family were like, did that really happen? I'm like, yeah. We talked about it. Maybe you should listen to the radio show. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so I sent along the story. I mean, it was covered at a lot of different places. One of the funniest lines was somebody (laughs) that referred to the guy as Cinderfella. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, man. The old old Jerry Lewis character. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. For the people that are going, they're like, uh, well, yeah. The, don't have to wait as long for the rides. They mm-hmm. talked about the 4th of July. They thought it was going to be big, especially the park that has all the Star Wars stuff, and mm-hmm. it was slow. Well, I mean, it, it costs thousands of dollars. You do have a bit of an economic downturn here. Yep. In spite of what the Biden administration wants to say, your your dollar just hasn't been going as far as it used to. And then you see Disney inserting itself into all these different political arenas, and it's just, you know, I can spend my money doing something else. I can take a cheaper vacation and not have to worry about being involved in this lunacy. Yes. Well, and they've raised the ticket prices within the last year or two. That's another issue. Admission prices and eliminating free amenities. And that also turns some people off. So a two-day adult ticket now went from 255 bucks to 285 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's pricey, man. Jeez. No doubt about it. Okay. I want to get to the story about a protester, David. And you have audio of this? Yeah, there was a big trans pride rally in London. One of the speakers says normal folks should be worshiping trans people. Hold on a second. What? Yes, because trans people are deities. Is this a joke? Uh, No. Okay, roll it. Here we go. For most of recorded history and in most cultures throughout the world, gender variant people have been revered and respected for our beauty, our holiness, what? Our artistry, our resplendence, our capacity to heal, and our role as divine intermediaries into sacred knowledge and unseen worlds and truths. What is this, some, like, religion with some Harry Potter yes. thrown in? Some yes. sort of magical sorcery nonsense? Was, I'm assuming this was a transgender person yes. speaking. So she that, has the secrets. And What's our it? role as divine intermediaries into sacred knowledge and unseen worlds and truths. Unseen world and truth, sacred knowledge. They can see it. You can't. Yeah, before the surgery, she was... Hey there, how you doing? <laughs> I didn't want to take over. The- <laughs> well, there's there's another person there who was uh, a trans person who was yelling about uh, kill the turfs, the trans exclusionary radical feminists, whatever. women who actually haven't completely lost their minds, in other words. Um, and the cops are now investigating this person. And, well, this is an individual who spent years in prison for a kidnapping and attempted murder who is now leading or helping to lead a trans pride parade. Do you want to know how this person decided to do surgery on himself? Oh, gosh. When he was in prison, he cut off the boys and ate them. Oh, oh man. 
This is not a divine being. This is a very sick individual. Oh, man. Boy, oh, boy, wow. I've got a decision to make right in this moment. Do I ask the question that's coming to mind, or do I just blow right by all this? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to ask it. Oh, no. Was there a reason that he actually ate them? Was that some sort of thought behind it, or are we just talking about pangs of hunger? What is that? I think you're actually just talking about a deeply disturbed individual. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're just talking mental illness, not like, and if you actually do this, then you're going to see things that other people can't. Somehow this divine scene. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Pretty kooky to me. Wow, man. Yeah, you're not going to recover from I, this, I are can't. You? I got the visual in my head. I can't get it out <laughs> now. Stop. Oh, man. I, can't, I, I haven't gone that far. Mm. I'm not going to do that. Wow. And now this person, now it, does the person say, okay, yes, I was a little mentally ill when I did that at the time, but I've gotten over it. Oh, or no. This is just part of the artistic arc. No. and No. I mean, this dude is... is celebrated in some circles and the daily mail had the headline (laughs) that that included the phrase she cut off her own testicles (laughs) (laughs) you really can't make that up what the hell is going on man oh man wow Okay, I think it's time of the show where we uh, go around the table, and it's not the biggest story out there today, but it certainly caught your attention, much like that last story. Mm-hmm. It's time, David. What's your story today? Uh, well, this is a, a heartwarming story here. Uh, on Friday, around 1 o'clock in the afternoon, San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Uh, guys at the drive-up ATM and sees a couple of dudes coming after him. They're going to rob him. Well, he was Ooh. packing heat. Oh. He drew his gun, shot, and killed both of them. Whoa. Uh, the police chief was quoted as saying, well, it was a robbery that didn't go well for the robbers. The cops want to interview the guy further because, of course, you want to make sure you're doing your due diligence. But right now, uh, the chief said, we're looking at him as the victim of a robbery who was acting in self-defense. Yeah, that's what happens, man. Mm-hmm. I've, actually what you're gonna seen, get. I've actually seen some people. What, you're going to kill somebody over $100 out of the ATM? You're damn right. You don't want to get yeah. shot? Don't try to rob me. No doubt. The other thing is, you, sometimes it's not just taking someone's money. The person can be assaulted. The person mm-hmm. could die. The victim. So that is protecting oneself. And you have a legal right to do that. Mm-hmm. He was. All right, Scott, what's your story? Uh, ben and Jerry's headquarters, uh, located on <laughs> land originally controlled by Native Americans in Vermont. And the chief of a tribe, the tribe that their land is on, expressed interest in reclaiming the property on Friday. Now, Ben and Jerry's marked Independence Day, if you recall, on Tuesday by tweeting that the U.S. government should commit to returning (laughs) all the land to Native Americans. In response, Don Stevens, chief of the, I'm going to boot this, I know it, Kusuk Ab... The nation. Heck yes, it is. Something. Can you say it again? Nope. He Please. said, nope. Okay. Kusuk Abnaki Nation. How's that? I'm working on it. Said his tribe would be willing to take back the land currently owned by Ben and Jerry's. Hey, we want it. We're always interested in reclaiming the stewardship of our land throughout our t- traditional territories and providing opportunities uplifts our communities. Ben and Jerry's, your turn. 
they have no comment at this point in time. I bet they don't. Give your land back, but not our land. Nope, we're keeping our land. How do you like that? I love that. Yeah. Hey, man, if you're going to make a tweet like that, make sure that your closet is bare before you open that door. Yeah. These guys. Uh, For my story, I saw this at the Federalist, and this is a case challenging North Dakota's 13 extra election days. And this case is about helping bring confidence back to elections nationwide. Because in the title of the piece... It is, why has Election Day turned into Election Month? This has a lot of people frustrated. Mm-hmm. Seems like every election. Why is it? Why does it take all week? It didn't used to. Right. And you are manually counting votes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to make sense. So it's interesting. This group that filed the federal lawsuit in North Dakota said uh, there's no certain election that you know we're trying to overturn or anything like that. It's that we need to bring some sanity back. So this isn't about a stolen election. But we have to stop the new normal of Election Day dragging on and on because Americans don't learn the results for days and sometimes weeks or over a month. And then it goes into the examples of what we went through last election season. And so then you ask the question, why has Election Day turned into Election Month? Well, because of, you know, mail-in voting. And then, well, and you've got it until this time, and then these votes are going to be counted later. And they're saying, no, it all needs to be counted on Election Day. Who would be against that? I know you have an answer, David. People who want to cheat. Right. Doesn't it seem that way? Why would you have a problem with that? Yeah. Everybody knows. And if, you, if it's a mail-in sort of thing and your state is, yeah, we're going to allow the mail-in, well, it has to be postmarked so you get it by Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Life is full of deadlines. We live by deadlines. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Yes. Yeah. So I think this is great. We'll see if it goes anywhere. I know people on the left are going to be fighting it, but then you ask the question, well, exactly why is that? Why would you be fighting that? I don't have an answer for that. I know. Okay. Got a lot to get to. Oh, man. A rubber glove baked into an Egg McMuffin? Mm, really? Yeah. Okay. And then Ron DeSantis. Critics are out. What does he say? Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Ron DeSantis, dead in the water. Well, <laughs> what? The campaign's over. No, yeah, right. Yeah, We've I don't seen know. seen that in a lot that. of places. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't seen much of a bump in support nationwide, or at least in the GOP primary. In the early polling, uh, Politico put out a piece claiming that his campaign was suffering from a failure to launch. Uh, yep. And, I, you know, I don't know what they really expected. I mean, certainly everybody would like, everybody in that campaign would like to have him polling better, but we haven't even had one debate yet. It's, you know, that's, that's what they're talking about a lot. Uh, so DeSantis was interviewed by Fox News' Maria Bartiromo, who asked about this whole thing. Okay. You know, my reelection in Florida, we had the greatest victory that any Republican governor candidate in the history of the state had. And yet a few months before the election, I had media saying that somehow my reelection campaign was stalling, that we weren't doing anything. And so we're doing what it takes to win. It's not a national primary. That's not how these things are going. Uh, it's really on the ground in those key states. You got to have the organization. You got to have do it. So that's what we focused on. Uh, but this is not something that, um, you know, I ever expected to just snap fingers and all of a sudden, you know, you win seven months before anyone happens. You got to earn it and you got to work. And it requires a lot of toil and tears and sweat. And we're going to do that. Yeah, you read in a lot of different places. There's a massive ground game they have. Yeah. 
and a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They haven't spent a lot of yet. And, I mean, the other thing I think is when you're looking at national polling, when they say it doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. I tend to believe that because it's state by state. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as the presidential election as well. The national polling only gives you a very broad view of maybe kind of sort of what's going on, but you look yeah. state by state by state. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens, what comes out of this, but... Uh, yeah, I think he's right to kind of dismiss it as being way too early. Yeah, I mean, if you're six months from now and you're still trailing that far, you got issues. Yeah. But there's a whole lot of time. And I think the Trumpster did get the old bump from being indicted. Yeah. Well, I think we got to figure out where that that thing's going, too. What do you mean by that? I mean, if he's convicted of something between now and then. Uh, I think they're just going to keep dragging it out, aren't they? That's what it seems like. I know that we've been told that a speedy trial is imminent, yes. like a month <laughs> away. But right. I'd be shocked if they actually went to trial next month. I would, too. Yeah, we'll see what happens with all that. be very interesting. I mentioned someone uh, found a rubber glove in their Egg McMuffin. So when you hear that, do you believe it right away without hearing anything else? Mm. Or... You think it's someone's looking to get paid? Well, yeah, they're trying, to please, they're trying to please the customer. Somebody asked for a rubber glove and their egg McMuffin, and you know <laughs> they're they're just here to help. They didn't ask for it. Is the thing, Scott? Oh, wrong order. This uh, woman in Australia found pieces of a rubber glove baked into the egg McMuffin. So she says, took a photo of it, and you can see it in there. It's a piece of greenish blue rubber. Oh boy, in plastic in there. Um. So the weird part, it was baked into the muffin itself, and they get those pre-made. Mm. So maybe it happened at the factory? Maybe. <laughs> There's a one-handed McMuffin maker somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no reports of a fingernail in there. Oh, oh God dang it. I knew that'd get you. She'd already eaten half of it when she took another <laughs> bite and said it felt weird going down. <laughs> I think the same thing every time I eat McDonald's. Mm. She says it scratched her throat, Mm. and her throat still hurt three days later. Mm. Okay, really? I'm not saying it was a pleasant experience, but it was enough to rough up your throat three days later? Three days? I don't know. She went back to the restaurant immediately, she said, but they didn't take it very seriously. They just offered her a new McMuffin, so she got in touch with corporate. McDonald's told her they'd look into it and get back to her within 10 days. Well, that was 10 days ago. We don't know the update yet. We're waiting for it. Their initial statement said they, man, this is great corporate speak. You ready? Mm -hmm. We take food and drink safety extremely seriously. Uh Of course they do. Yeah. They're, quote, disappointed to hear of her experience Mm -hmm. and that they're, quote, working with the restaurant to investigate. Yes. It's going to be a thorough investigation. Yes. There either was a rubber glove in there or not. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this takes 20 seconds. <laughs> Investing. I hate that word. It's, three months later, we still don't know. We, well, not for sure. It's like the cocaine in the White House. Yeah. What are we? What are we investigating? It was found in there. You have <laughs> there cameras. What do you mean? We had cameras everywhere. Easy. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. 
the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, thank you for being here. Uh, our president wants the world to know we're running low on ammo. Okay? Yeah. Golly. Yeah, the White House is agreeing to send cluster bombs over to Ukraine, the bombs that release smaller bombs. And many countries have banned the use of them because the bomblets that come out don't necessarily explode. Some of them are duds, but they can still explode years after the conflict uh, has subsided. So, But the U.S. is not part of that agreement. The U.S. is like, hey, no, we, we make the finest uh, uh, cluster bombs in the world, and so we're going to keep making them and selling them and, and deploying them where they need to be. And Joe Biden, during an interview on CNN, told Fareed Zakaria, hey, we're running low on ammo on the 155-millimeter shells. So while the manufacturers catch up on that, on restocking the supply, we're going to go ahead and send them these things that we said were war crimes like a year ago. Yeah. But stories change now. Not permanently, but to allow for in this transition period where we get more 155 weapons, these shells for Ukrainians to provide them with a something that has a very low dud rate. It's about one, I think it's 150, which is the least likely to be blowing. And it's not used in civilian areas. Hold We're on a second. To get through those trenches. You okay, Scott? You look sick to your uh, stomach. No, I'm just drifting. I just, I. 155, 150. That is that's what I hear. Yes. Just one five one five oh and it's emissions and not oh, speaking strongly. Duds and yes. And those duds are duds and I know what a dud is. <laughs> he goes on. They're trying to get through those trenches and those and then stop those tanks from rolling. And so uh, but it was not an easy decision and it's not we're not signatories of that that agreement, but I am um, it took me a while to be convinced to do it. But the main thing is they either have the weapon to stop the Russians now from their, keep them from stopping the Ukrainian offensive through these areas, or uh, they don't. Okay. Listening to Joe Biden speak is kind of like trying to listen to your favorite song, but the CD is scratched, and so it keeps skipping around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it's like uh, that song came on the radio, but you're just drifting out. Yeah, where you, <laughs> yeah. where you have a really clean signal, and it's like, no, dang it, no, I want it, no. <laughs> it's, like, it's like girls, girls, oh, there's something in a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, and it's that it's that weakness too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> In fairness, he lost his baggie of cocaine. <laughs> That's true. The go, juice is, the, the, the go juice is gone. Uh-oh. Okay. Is it Hunter's? Is it Joe's? It's irresponsible to even ask that question about the cocaine we've That's been right. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, there's a big movie at the box office. Surprise hit for a lot of people. Okay, and what we're hearing now depends on who reviews it. Well, yeah, this movie about child sex trafficking, it's real, but it just goes too far. Yeah, it's very weird. CNN is not the only one, but th that's the clip that we're about to hear. A lot of liberal media outlets and movie reviewers are panicked about this newly released film, The Sound of Freedom, which is based on a true story of a dude going after child sex traffickers around the world. Yes. Um, apparently, this is Scott all... Scott and I saw it last week. Yeah, it's, we did. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to tell you it's fun to watch. No. But when people say, you know what, 
I think every parent needs to see this movie, or everybody should see this movie. I understand where they're coming from, because but, this is a much bigger issue than anybody really knows. Right. And, and apparently, though, talking about it is QAnon. Is the it's a connection to this uh, conspiracy theory thing uh, <laughs> online. CNN's Abby Phillip interviewed a dude who is obsessed with QAnon. He's made a little career out of it. He's, his name is Mike Rothschild. Okay. He has a podcast about QAnon, and they are just panicked by this movie. Okay, roll it. The Sound of Freedom does focus on a real issue of sex trafficking, uh, but that theme, it, it's sort of like that kernel of truth that feeds the QAnon conspiracy theory. Uh, tell us how <laughs> those two things work together. Sure. And the most durable and the most believable conspiracy theories are not entirely false. There's something in them that is true and the rest of it is false. But the believers point to the one true thing and they say, oh, you don't believe that this particular thing is true. In terms of child trafficking, we know trafficking is real. We know it has real victims. No one is denying that. But these films are created out of moral panics. They're created out of bogus statistics. They're created out of fear. And with something like Sound of what, Freedom, it's specific. What bogus statistics? Yeah. Did he ever name it in the interview? No. no, you would think if if this was obviously some like QAnon yes. crankery, right, that, that was going out there, you would be able to identify, here's what it got wrong, here's what it got wrong, here's what it got wrong. But they yes. don't do that. They just speak in general terms. They do it all the time. And and they never actually get down to the business of, of talking about it. And I'm sorry, but anytime you say, yeah, I mean, child sex trafficking is real and it's bad, but whatever follows that... You should just keep to yourself. Right? It's like talking about fentanyl deaths in America. Well, it, there's a lot of fear, you know, that's out there. And, you know, people are talking about, yes, because they don't want their kids to take a pill and die, right. moron. Look at the numbers. It's out there. Wow. Okay, this goes on. And with something like Sound of Freedom, it specifically is looking at QAnon concepts of these child trafficking rings that are run by the high-level elites and only people like Tim Ballard and only people like Jim Caviezel and, by extension, only people like the ticket buyer can help bring these trafficking rings down. So there's... Isn't that what happened? Yeah. 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 I mean, and the thing is... He says, oh, yeah, there's this conspiracy theory that a lot of wealthy people make a lot of money selling children. That's true. It's not. It's absolutely true. It's not people with no means who are kidnapping and selling kids. And it's not people with no means who are buying these children. It there actually also, is happening. A lot of rich people are interested in people that are underage. As far as getting their sexual delights from them. Ever heard of Jeffrey Epstein, you moron? Right. Holy smokes, man. It goes on. So there's a very participatory element. You're not just going to see a movie. You're just killing two hours on a hot day. You are helping bring down these, these pedophile rings and save children. Yeah, you want to be basically armed with the knowledge first of what's going on. Mm -hmm. When we went to the movie last week, Scott, were you thinking, man, this is going to be a laugh riot? Or this is going to be action-packed and fun. No, I was warned ahead of time. Right, you knew I what... I mean, I knew. I knew what we were dealing with. I knew the subject matter, and I knew it was pretty intense. And I knew it was not the feel-good hit of the summer. Of course I did, yes. But we've all seen a lot of movies like that. Yeah. So, you know, Schindler's List, you know. <laughs> I mean, I know yeah. it's no fun to watch or whatever. It, 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 it's true, but it goes too far. Yeah. 
I mean, my goodness, man. Well, I mean, what do you specifically mean by too far? The whole thing. By I think showing David is the right. adaptation of what is really happening to children across this country? Is that what you're talking about? It's almost like people on the left are saying, okay, yeah, this might be real, but don't let it change your politics. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with angel films, too. But, I, yeah, and I, I just, it's this Christian base. Oh, sure. Bunch. Yeah. I, I, I just don't understand why there is so much pushback outside of that, outside of the brain worms that, oh, my gosh, this conservative pundit liked the movie, and so, therefore, I have to hate it. That, that's what it comes down to. I yeah. Think. Yes. You know what, man? I want to make sure that I give the right place credit. I think it was Variety that had a review. And I think there were some criticisms in the review of the movie, but overall saying, but this is a real thing. And at least my takeaway was, and it's a good thing that people are getting to know what kind of evil is in this world when it comes to child sex trafficking, because it's out there. That seemed fair enough to me. But, man, you're right with some of these. It's like, why are you protesting so much? Yeah, it's weird. It is very strange. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on. Uh, Some people, David, would say this is Karine Jean-Pierre, the narcissist we know her to be. Mm-hmm. On full display. Yes. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says she's doing a great job of speaking for the president. <laughs> and she recognizes her historic role in it. Oh. This was on C-SPAN. Okay. Roll it. I've grown from the first time I was at the podium on my day one as White House Press Secretary to now, to today, getting off the podium over a year in. And so I just want to continue to do that, continue to grow, continue to um you know, continue to make sure I am communicating effectively. And I want to say one last thing. It is This is my favorite part, by the way. Mm-hmm. This is when it gets really good. And I want to say one last thing. It is truly an honor and a privilege to be where I am. It is truly an honor and a privilege to be speaking for this president because of everything that I have gone through and everything that I represent. It's an honor to speak about this president. Okay, enough about him. Now back to me. Yeah. Because of my experience, my lived experience, well, and what I've gone through. I take it. What has she gone through exactly? Well, she did get kicked in the back of the head by a mule when she was a child, obviously. Yeah. But you mean since she's been yeah, the White I mean, House press secretary? She's the White House press secretary. That's a pretty big gig. She's been criticized for being really bad. Yes. But then she has defenders that say that's because no. you're homophobic. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Oh, no. No, when she says, I've grown in the role, I know this may be a little inside. All three of us have been program directors at some point. Yes. If we had taken a chance on somebody and they were, let's just say, as bad on the air as Corrine Jean-Pierre is, as bad as she is at the podium, Mm -hmm. we'd be replacing her. There's oh, no yeah. question. Or, or you would be replaced. Right. Or Yeah, right. Or you got fired. Why'd you hire Because your person? boss ahead of you would be like, what are you going to do about this? <laughs> that would be the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. The thing is, in that administration, there's no one that answers to anybody, it doesn't seem. Because they're all terrible. Can you think of a worse, I mean, fill in the blank, Secretary of Defense? No. I mean, go down the line no. of the cabinet. Can you? Transportation. Yes. Can Education. you name one that was worse? Finance. No, I can't. No. <laughs> the list goes on and on. Yes. It's almost like a requirement. Like, I'm going to hire a bunch of people who are really bad, 
and I'm going to put him in these positions because bad people get overlooked in our society and they're discriminated <laughs> against. And I'm not going to have it. This is for all the people that have sucked at their jobs forever. This is an ode to them. We're going to put these people in their gigs. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, there's a new Miss Netherlands. This Miss Netherlands well. is different from any Miss Netherlands that we've had before. It's a man, baby. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty much the difference. Yes, we'll be getting to that story coming up in a few. Jeez, man. They're not replacing women. <laughs> The, the person identifies as a woman. Even though they have a penis, they are. Yeah, I know. That's the deal. All right, so we'll get to that and a news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Scott, sorry to interrupt your no. watching of The View. <laughs> I just heard that clip. What's the clip? Well, it's Anna Navarro, and she was talking about. Um, People in New Hampshire saying, don't say gay. And she lives in Florida, of course. And she was on The View. Well, it wasn't me in New Hampshire screaming, we say gay. <laughs> no, I wish I would have. I, I try to do it every time I, I'm anywhere near uh, Ron DeSantis or any of his people. Um, okay, I just, enough. Like, I go around like a dog okay, in Florida with my head outside of my car. We say gay. We say gay. We say gay. Oh, the seals love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, in there terms, was never anything in the bill that said "don't say gay." No. Yeah. Well, she's got to defend her peeps, though. You know, she has a lot of drag queen friends because her clothes fit those dudes. Oh, ho, ho, ouch! That's oh. sick. That's a sick burn right there. Okay. That's a sick burn. Well, you mentioned Miss Netherlands is a dude. Mm -hmm. Yes, Ricky Cole, twenty-two-year-old man, beat out nine women, and some people are not happy. Well, you can understand. Yeah, well, yeah. There was a Dutch commentator, Eva Vardenbrick, said a man just won Miss Netherlands 2023. <laughs> Considering the fact we live in a post-truth world, I wasn't even expecting anything else. It's all so predictable and unoriginal at this point. Yeah. Yes. And some people were putting the winner's picture next to the runner-up, who's an actual woman, and it is striking the difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I saw well, it, it. It's insanity, man. This dude looks like a caricature of a woman. Yes, well said. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of painful to look at. Yes. But it, I think, from what I understand, there were judges that felt so much pressure. Oh, sure. That the mob was going to come after him if they yeah. didn't vote for the dude. That And that's just so weak. It's so disappointing. Yeah. But that's where we're at. And now there's an investigation after a trans pride marcher told people to assault those who disagree. Where was this? Yeah, this was in London at the Pride Plus Parade over the weekend. Uh, police are reopening an investigation into this activist after the activist told the crowd to punch turfs in the face. Uh, okay. The Daily Mail Online uh, headline said, met the police review trans pride speech made by convicted attempted murderer turned campaigner who cut off her own testicles while serving 30 years in jail oh God. that person yeah. dang man well, okay. his own but yeah yes yeah he Jeez. tried to kill somebody kidnap somebody and then when he was in jail he said you know what i feel like a woman and then not only cut the boys off man but ate them oh 
And that person... Yeah, there's no other reason that... I've already asked the question before. Like, was there something that was going to give this person magical powers if they did it, or they're just that <laughs> twisted in the mind, that mentally ill? I mean... Yeah. I reckon it tastes pretty good to me. All right, that's not really necessary. <laughs> He's, He's heard of Rocky Mountain Oysters. Mm, well, how do you do that? Like a YouTube how-to? Well, well, I think it involves a, a knife and an incredible strength of will. God, I'm going to switch man. gears here. There's a new trend out there. It doesn't affect you, Scott. It doesn't affect me. It might affect David. Cutting off the boys and eating them? Or Gen Zers. No, it's dumping rich friends because they're too expensive to hang out with. <laughs> that has been going on for a long time. It has, yeah. They say it's really at the forefront now because there are a lot of, especially Gen Z, that are just poor. Mm -hmm. So they got friends that got some money, and they want to go do fun things. And the people who don't have money is like, I'm going in debt just trying to keep up with you. And so instead of just having a conversation, they ghost them. Well, whole lot of guts there, huh? Yeah. Just say, I can't afford it. That's it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right, biggest story of the day, David. Uh, there are a couple. The biggest story of the day to me is that even though they said the use of cluster bombs would constitute a war crime, the Biden administration is on board with sending cluster bombs to Ukraine. It's like desperate to yeah. make a difference in this war somehow. Oh, I, I think it's desperate to sell. Yeah. I mean, the whole low on munitions argument that the president has made, and we've talked about this before, it, it, it comes across as a sales pitch to me. I mean, you got people at the Pentagon who have buddies in the, in the manufacturing side of things who are saying, hey, we, we'd really see an opportunity to really mm -hmm. boost up our supply. And they said, yeah. well, yeah, we got to make sure that the supply is there. You know what? And there's audio about this that's really interesting. We'll get to that and a news update next. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, where do you want to start? With Corrine Jean-Pierre? Oh, sure. The White House Press Secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, was on MSNBC to talk about recent Supreme Court decisions. Um, notably for her, because this directly affects her. Uh, she said that the race-based uh, college admissions uh, ruling was unconstitutional. Excuse me? Yeah, you know how, how the Supreme Court said that it was unconstitutional to make race a priority in mm -hmm. determining who gets into what school, the whole affirmative action thing. Mm -hmm. Well, she says that's a constitutional right that people have to be admitted into certain spaces based on the color of their skin. Wow, that's an interesting take. Mm -hmm. Okay, explain, please. What we saw last week, affirmative action, again, taking away, taking away important constitutional rights that have been in place for a long time. Let's not forget, mm -hmm. the, the president, was when he was a senator, he was the chair of the Judiciary Committee. He is an expert on this. He understands how this works. A lot of these, um, you know, a lot of these unprecedented decisions that this SCOTUS has made, they have been held up in the past by Republicans, by Democrats, right? And so there's so much changes that have happened in the past year, and it is... It is, you know, unheard of. And, uh, he understands this. He gets this. Mm -hmm. That's what she's saying, right? That's why he wanted to support Barack Obama so much, mm -hmm. to be the first black president that we ever had. Remember when he first talked about Barack? He was amazed yeah. by him. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American who was articulate and bright and... And, and clean, nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. Yeah, it's a Articulate, bright. It's a storybook unheard of. Yeah. 
Who ever heard of an articulate, bright, and clean black guy, according to Joe Biden? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That doesn't age well, does it? You that know, one, that one is still shocking every time you it, play it. Really, it. It really is. It really is. Because it's a story, but you couldn't write it. Look at him, huh? But, it sounds like the senator from North Carolina in 1958, doesn't it? Well, it? Yeah, I mean, even even in the early 2000s, I mean, before the whole wokeness thing really exploded, uh, I know we were, you know, that was sort of the introduction to it, the whole political correctness. I mean, that's even shocking by those standards. Though. It really is. Yeah. It really is. It's like there's never been a well-spoken, clean African-American American, before. No. What? It's, Joe. It, you know, another thing that strikes me every time you play that is the sound and cadence of the sentence he just said. Yeah. It's not mumbling and, right. you know, it's none of that stuff. Yeah. Actually sounds like there's some coherence there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, but, but you know, amazing, he, has a, man. he has a stutter now. But there's, yeah, I don't, you know, man, contrast, I, man. That's all you got to do. I, w- I was wondering about this, really. Okay. Is there any actual documentation that he ever actually had a stutter? Because I've seen the reports, but I don't see the documentation. But, but remember, one of the stories that he told, and he's told it several times, is that he knew he was over it, or one of the ways that he was able to get over his stutter was uh, giving a commencement address or giving a speech at his graduation, his high school graduation. Mm -hmm. But that never happened. He never gave that speech. There was only one student speaker who spoke then, and it was the valedictorian, which was not Joe Biden. Something else he's lied about. So I'm wondering, this guy has lied about so many things. Has he lied for years about ever having a stutter? That's a great question. I mean... I do have a clip of Biden from 1989. This has been making the rounds because of the whole cocaine found at the White House. And it's well documented. His son, Hunter, the drug addict. Yeah. Recovering, they say. Yeah, well. But, I mean, back in 89, he was talking about you have to hold drug users accountable. You know why? Well, he explains. In line with what the president is calling for, we have to hold every drug user accountable. Because if there were no... uh, no drug users, there would be no appetite for drugs, and there'd be no market for them. <laughs> doesn't sound like the same person. No, it doesn't at all. Not at all. And I understand. Well, you go back that far, yeah, who's going to sound the same? That's, what, close to 35 years ago. But to your point about the stuttering, David, there's mm-hmm. nothing there. Yeah, but it, yeah, and so many speeches you go back to. You know, he needs like backup singers. Like Elton John can't hit the high notes anymore, but the backup singers can <laughs> <laughs> to help him through senses. Yeah, just go through senses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that, All right, I'm just picturing now like a chorus line behind. You know the. All men and women are created. You, you, you know the thing. The thing. Yes. Get the record player to play words. Words. <laughs> that whole thing, yeah. Make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. 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 Record player. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. All right, let's move on to uh, Ron DeSantis. Because it seems like, as far as the media and the left, that is the last guy they want to be the Republican nominee. Oh, yeah. It seems like they really do want Trump. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's being pushed out there gleefully that he has not really had a lot of momentum in the polling, 
against Donald Trump. I mean, it's been pretty static. And in fact, uh, Trump has gone up, especially after the, the indictments came down, because everybody knows what garbage it is. Yeah, that he's been indicted. Um, so Politico rolled out a piece claiming that his campaign was suffering from a failure to launch. That DeSantis is uh, some of his allies are worried that he hasn't made a big enough dent so far. He was interviewed by Fox News's Maria Bartiromo, and she asked about this. Okay. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maria, these are narratives. The media does not want me to be the nominee. I think that's very, very clear. Why? because they know I'll beat Biden, but even more importantly, they know I will actually deliver on all these things. We will stop the invasion at the border. We'll take on the drug cartels. We'll curtail the administrative state. We'll get spending under control. We'll do all the things that they don't want uh, to see done. And so they're gonna continue doing uh, the type of narrative. I can tell you- uh, Hold on just a second. Just to go back to the original question as far as the failure to launch. I don't even remember when he announced did he get a bump at all a little bit but not much okay wasn't a surprise no. everyone knew he was running and then he kept waiting till may and it was kind of late when it actually happened okay uh we understand this is a state-by-state -state process uh we've had incredible support um in the early states building an organization signing up the key people that you need to be able to compete in a place like iowa we just launched our mama's movement my wife was in iowa with governor kim reynolds launching that parents and particularly moms i think are going to be the secret weapon both in this primary and in the general election uh, nobody has been a better champion for those folks uh, than me i think that's a great point i've hammered that for a while don't want to be a broken record but i am a broken record on that i think it's going to be huge yeah you've said that for a while now yeah well you start to feel some undercurrent out there too you know how like, so well like moms were pushing back saying no enough Oh, just like woke agendas yeah. and stuff I'm like that. I'm not talking about the Chardonnay Mafia either. Yeah, just moms, the Casey DeSantis Garden variety types. moms just moms. were like, hey, what's going on here? You know, a little bit later in the show, I can get to a piece of audio where the hacks over at MSNBC were taking her to task for going out and campaigning. Of course yeah. they were. I don't know if you heard it yet. Oh, you'll love it. Yeah, it's something. So do you? are you buying what he's selling there, David? A DeSantis? little bit. There, I, I will say... And I, I know people are going to start throwing things at me for this. There were a couple of times throughout that interview when he was specifically asked about this, where mm -hmm. he was coming across a tad as Jeb-esque. Like, this is, hey, this is a marathon, not a sprint, blah, blah, blah. And I understand all of those things. But, I mean, Jeb was supposed to run the table, basically, and then he didn't. That being said, if you wanted to defend DeSantis, you could say, well... Trump was pulling way behind Jeb this time in 2016 and then yeah. really started taking off once he got more media exposure and then the debates really got his profile out there. I mean, listen, dude, if you're watching somebody and you're getting some sort of vibe like, oh, boy, mm -hmm. this this feels Jebish. I don't think it's wrong to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> what? He just coined a new Jebish, Jebish. Yeah. verb. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Jeb-esque. Jebish. Jebish. Hey, man, stop acting so Jebish. <laughs> I mean, I guess the counter to that is to say, you know, even as governor of Florida, DeSantis, he put it out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, he really went after the whole woke ideology yeah. thing in a way we hadn't seen. And he 
really did go out against the grain on COVID, opening stuff, all of that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think he's got a little bit of goodwill in the bank for that. But, yeah, you don't want to come off as jebbish. Jebbish. No. (laughs) Real quick, the GOP meeting in Michigan led to an assault. What's that about? Dude, oh, my gosh, this is hilarious. Okay, so apparently there had been some bad blood between two guys in the state Republican Party. Okay. Um, So as the story goes, this is in Claire, Michigan, on Saturday. Uh, Republican lawmakers outside of the state party committee meeting uh, got into a scuffle. We'll just say that. Wayne County Republican uh, James Chapman and Clare County Republican Chair Mark DeYoung both did an interview with the Detroit News about this altercation. DeYoung, by the way, he was calling from an emergency room after the fight. So among the details of this battle were the fact that it began with a hallway pledge of allegiance and a doorknob wriggle. Uh, And then apparently one of the guys tried to go into the room and kicked DeYoung right in the boys as soon as he opened the door. Holy smokes. So DeYoung is saying, yeah, this guy, uh, uh, James Chapman, is waiting outside. I open up the door, and he kicks me in in the sack. Whoa. Well, then... Listen, I, I'm one of those guys that's like, hey, man, there's no rules to fighting. No. These are also politicians. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, like last resort, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're getting beat to a pulp, I got nothing left. Okay, DeYoung, I'm going to go for it. DeYoung said he had suffered a broken rib as well. Chapman, though, meanwhile, says that DeYoung had said, I'll kick your butt and swung at him. And he goes, that's when I kicked him in the boys. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> So he was retaliating. That That's apparently... Well, we're still sorting out some of the details here as to what is going on. Uh, DeYoung says he will be pressing charges here. But apparently... I mean, like, they grappled. They actually, like... At one point, Chapman took DeYoung by the legs and knocked him over. Holy cow! And Chapman said, when you see me taking my glasses off, I'm ready to rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is... And I, I don't mean this as an insult at all. Uh, I, I want to be clear but you know we always hear about the stereotypical florida man mm-hmm. michigan man is 10 times crazier than florida man i would i would i if i had to choose i have to get into a fist fight with somebody i would pick florida man every day of the week over michigan man i get what you're saying i'm not saying i agree 100 percent, but that has great influence your argument yes yes well, it's a challenge for Florida well, men now. Right. Well, they're 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 burlier and they survive harsher winters. They yeah. are ready to rock. And if you get down to an actual fight, and then who's meaner? Mm. Yeah, buddies I've had from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd give them the tip of the cap on that one. <laughs> yeah. Now there are no Woo! rules here. There are no rules. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah, I'm hearing Kid Rock right now. I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll fight the, the Florida dude probably if I had to. Okay. An Anglican church leader says the Lord's Prayer is po- problematic. Oh, I boy. can't wait for that a news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. All right, let's just get this story out of the way. There's a church leader somewhere saying the Lord's Prayer is problematic. Yeah, an archbishop in the Church of England said the opening of the Lord's Prayer 
is considered problematic to some because, well, it, it refers to God as our father. What's wrong with that? Uh, apparently because of the patriarchy. Uh, <laughs> Archbishop of York, Stephen Cottrell, told the General Synod, that's the legislating and ruling body of the Church of England, that referring to God as father might be offensive, saying, quote, I know the word father is problematic for those who've, whose experience of early fathers, or I'm sorry, earthly fathers, has been destructive and abusive, and for all of us who have labored rather too much from an oppressively patriarchal grip on life. Now, the Church of England is actually looking at using gender-neutral pronouns for God, by the way. Okay. Just call it a new religion. Yeah, I mean, the, the prayer has been in circulation for 2,000 years. Yeah. I mean, it's... Do you ever read those warnings in the New Testament about changing Scripture? <laughs> you think these people ever see any of that? I guess they don't believe the Bible anyway, so what is the right. difference at that point, right? Remember, my church when I was a kid changed trespasses, the word trespasses out, and instituted sins. Because people didn't know what trespasses were? Or they were, thought or... God doesn't trespass against us. I don't know. There was some... What? I don't know. There was some piece of logic that was interspersed there that I don't remember. Forgiving those that trespass against us? Those that trespass against us. I don't know. Sin against us? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It was just weird. It was just the way... I just remember going, wow, that's weird. Is that what made you stop going? No. (laughs) No, no, no. I was still going at that point in time. Okay. With my parents. Yeah, it was very... It was a very organized religion, yes. Speaking of sins, this is a much lighter topic. It's the 10 most common social media sins that we commit online. This was a poll of like 3,000 people. Hmm. And you're on social media, I mean, by far more than David or I. was on our page a lot this weekend, yes. Well, I'll tell you what, then. We'll put you on the stand and see if you're guilty of any of these sins, I'm trying to think of any that I have that I think I would be guilty of. Number one is arguing with random people. Yeah, I do that occasionally. (laughs) Guilty. Yep, there's one. Yeah. Uh, Posting something when you were angry, then regretting it. Guilty. Mm, There's two. Not a lot. I don't really regret anything. No, you have done it, though. I've posted angry things, but I don't know if I regret it or not. You took it down. I have. I did once. Okay. Uh, sending sexually provocative messages. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. no. Dude, okay, I, so. I got your direct message over the weekend, Scott. And <laughs> I'll, Did you? I'll just say that shade of banana hammock doesn't work with your complexion. No, oh, please. Yeah, I see. Posting something you regretted while drunk. No drink. Yeah, but you were on social media back in 2014. When I was drinking. Guilty. Yeah, you've done yeah, it. I'm sure I did. Leaving mean or abusive comments on, uh, on someone's post. Guilty. Uh, yeah. Wow. Posting revealing images or videos of yourself. No. Well, not since 2014. Guilty. I didn't then either, damn it. <laughs> Stop. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a lot going on, especially with the president. Um, so using cluster bombs might be a war crime, but we're doing it now. Yeah, we're going to send Ukraine cluster bombs, bombs that, uh, well, spit out 
little baby bombs that can go okay. bang years after the fact. Hmm. Uh, last year, there were reports that Russia had used those and vacuum bombs, and the uh, press secretary at the time, Jen Psaki, was asked for the White House's take on it, and apparently that would constitute potentially a war crime to use these things on the field of battle. Here's the question and answer from uh, Jen Psaki. Okay. Um, there are reports of illegal cluster bombs and vacuum bombs being used by the Russians. Uh, if that's true, what is the next step of this administration? And is there a red line for how much violence uh, will be tolerated against civilians in this manner that's illegal and potentially a war crime? It is. It would be. I don't have any confirmation of that. We have seen the reports. Uh, if, if that were true, it would potentially be a war crime. Obviously, there are a range of international fora that would assess that. Um, so certainly we would look to that to be a part of that conversation. Okay. But they're saying that the Ukrainians would be super duper careful about deploying those in civilian rich areas. And so therefore, I guess it wouldn't be a war crime because okay. Ukraine's been super duper careful about other things, huh? Right. Just like our White House. Mm -hmm. Cluster bombs from the cluster bleep administration. <laughs> you I, were thinking, and I know you I, were. I, well, I was. Right before you said it, I thought, he's yeah. not going to say it, but he's going to say something <laughs> close. All right. Yes. And Biden today, well, he met with Prince Charles. I don't know if you saw any of the video of that. It was Prince Charles is trying to get him to shuffle along. Joe is like not paying attention, and then he's got that stiff gait going. Yeah, does not look well. He just doesn't. And did you see him the other day? He was talking about how basically it's our fault, climate change, but he's got to get the European nations on board with helping out and more green energy. Uh, you know, we've had to tell him to hold up, but it's our fault. I, you're trying to make sense of what he was saying? For example, you know, the, uh, the whole notion of, uh, um, you know, the, this new ring road that's going to put around, he's going to invest in other nations. Well, it's ended up producing dead and a noose. You know, these countries are in real trouble. Uh, and so, but it requires us Huh. to be more responsible. The West, I've been pushing very hard to get our European colleagues to invest in infrastructure in Africa, in South America, in to generate the yeah. kind of growth that they should have and could have because we're the ones that caused the environmental problems. We clear-cut everything. We, and now we're telling them, no, everybody slow up. <laughs> <laughs> I love playing a clip that you guys haven't heard before. And then watching that, the faces. That makes Confusion here in the studio. That makes absolutely no sense. We're not the ones who caused caused anything. I mean, it, it's the patriarchy, David. It's, it's industry in general. What's I mean, a ring road? Well, if you did the work, you'd know. But you haven't did he, done the work. He said ring road, didn't he? Ring row. Or ring worm. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> ring, ring road. I don't know. It was like right at the start, he went ring road, something ring road. Yeah, I'm not sure. His name of the street sure. he used to live on back when he was <laughs> corn popping. He were smacking <laughs> each other around. I don't know. Did you see, by the way, one more thing on Biden, and then we'll get to some other stuff. This New York Magazine puff piece about Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. From the intelligencer. Except it paints him out to be kind of mean. Oh, yeah. 
It's really interesting how this goes. because foul mouth there, too. Yeah, yeah, the story is, you know, he's just kind of like uh, this loving sort of grandpa figure, loves his ice cream and all of that. And once a week he has lunch with the vice president. That was a tradition that he had when he was Obama's vice president mm-hmm. to go over photos and everything that had happened in the last week. Although now with Kamala, that's not happening as often as right. it did before. I heard about that, yeah. And they're not quite sure is no. that because Joe doesn't want to see her as much or she plans other things. We're not quite sure. But this other part where he's often difficult to deal with when it comes to his advisors because he will curse. Let's talk plain English here. What was the other thing he said? How the bleep do you not know that? <laughs> Talking about policy, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. And that's what I would imagine that he would be like when you've ever heard him sort of off camera. Mm-hmm. He has colorful language. I mean, that's not certainly not a surprise to me that he would talk like that. Um, and it also talks about his discomfort in the White House and his desire to spend more time in Delaware. Well, yeah, they don't have to keep track of visitors then. I so guess. The screw-up son can bring cocaine into Camp David or, or into their private home, and no one's going to make a make an issue out of it. But they, it's also been brought up, he has spent more time on vacation than any modern president. He's in Delaware a lot, yeah. as it is already. Yes, he is, sir. It's really something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I think the, the screaming at people part, it's very interesting because we had all this big conversation about toxic work environments and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Joe Biden made a big deal out of saying, hey, if you disrespect somebody who works uh, in this White House, you're going to go. You're going to be fired. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. But then he does it. And I think also you, you got to think about uh, sundowning. That what happens with a lot of dementia patients at a certain time of day, they're tired and yeah. they're confused and then they lash out at other people. Yeah, it does say short fuse and an obsession yeah. with details. <laughs> an obsession with details. details. Okay. Yeah. Funny, isn't it? By the way, speaking of Kamala, before we move off of the two of them, I guess, did you hear her laughing at something again that's just not funny? Talking about her husband? It's her defense mechanism. That's what she does. The first, second husband or whatever. And then she just laughs. Okay. She can't stop doing this. The second gentleman of the United States, my husband, Doug Emhoff. And (laughs) he's the first, second gentleman of the United States. (laughs) Why is that funny? I don't know. I don't know. In your version of hell, Scott, it sounds like this. (laughs) Yeah, 24-7. I'm in a little 8 by 10 place. No, no windows, and this is the soundtrack. It's always open mic night with Kamala Harris in your yes. personal hell. Golly. Um, talking about the economy, there are a lot of Americans. Well, Chuck Todd said this. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd. Meet the press. The country's not feeling it. Because Joe Biden and the whole crew is out. Praising Bidenomics and how it's working. It's actually working. Bidenomics is working. It is actually working. You see that in a jobs report? Yeah, that's Karine Jean-Pierre. But Sleepy Eye Shuck says something different. The American public is not feeling it. 
Just 34% of Americans approve of Biden's handling of the economy in a recent AP poll that was released at the end of June. And only 20% of voters believe the nation is on the right track though voters have not felt good about the direction of the country for over a decade. And Biden is trying to persuade voters that the economy is better than they think it is. That's a tough trick, man. Yeah. And for him to actually admit that, I thought was something. Yeah, because it didn't get back to why they think that. Because it isn't. N- no. And... I mean, it's not like they just popped into their head like that's what they think. I mean, they, they think that for a good reason. So he has the California rep on Barbara Lee. Oh, yeah. Okay, this isn't, just listen to how this goes. Are you running on Bidenomics, or do you understand why so many voters uh, aren't feeling the benefits? The cost of living, um, of course, in California is uh, extremely high. The affordability crisis is high. We have record job growth, but yet uh, job growth and wages have not kept up with the cost of living. Uh-oh. And what I'm talking about with, with voters and with people throughout the state is, first of all, in the Golden State of California, we have uh, at least 20 million people who are living one paycheck away from poverty. Yeah. And so we've got to make sure that we uh, reduce the cost of housing. We have a huge unsheltered population. We have to make sure that we... Notice that new terminology. Unsheltered. Population. So it's not unhoused anymore. Or homeless. Not homeless. Or bums. Can't say that. No. No. Yeah. Provide for child care uh, for women, especially who want to get back into the workforce. Yeah. And we have to make sure that we fight for a living wage for everyone here in California because people cannot afford to continue to live here because the cost of living is so high. So you're saying you're not running on Bidenomics? No. Okay. Well, and, and California was like a was one of the originals when it comes to like hiking up minimum wage so it it didn't work you're telling me absolutely oh and you're telling me that costs actually went up mm-hmm. in line with the the new requirements for minimum wage yes and so now people who are technically making more money are actually not making more money because things cost more than the pay increase was yep Wow. Yeah, it's something. It's almost like those conservatives who were saying <laughs> we shouldn't do this because of the other effects of this program of these yeah. programs and and these initiatives will actually have the backwards effect. It's almost like they were right and didn't hate poor people. How about that? Huh. Yeah. All right, totally switching gears. I want to play a piece of audio for you. This was uh I wouldn't would you call it a concert, I guess, a band's playing. Okay. Outdoor event. Looks like there's a lot of people. Um, the band is Brian Kirk and the Jerks, J-I-R-K-S. Okay. Okay, like a regional band. Okay, I know you guys talked about this before. You're going to a show. You don't want politics involved. No. Unless you know you're going to get it, right? Yes. Well, Brian Kirk, it appears, is pretty good friends with the governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy. Ugh. He brings him on stage. People aren't digging it. They start booing Singer, he's not happy about it. Listen to what he says. Roll it out. There you go. Now get to the Brian Kirk and the Jerks. Yeah. Bring him up. We don't want to see him. Hey, 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 hey. What did I tell you guys? Hey, listen to me. Listen to me. He didn't want to hear that. He's a buddy of mine. This is not about politics. He's a friend of mine. Do not do that, please. Out of respect for my friend. 
Okay. If it's not about politics, why are you bringing him on stage? Yeah. It's absolutely about politics. Well, you talk about governor. Mis- misreading the room, though. Do you think these people like him? <laughs> How do you think they're going to react? They hate him. Yeah. Yeah, the Gee owner whiz. of the venue is like, hey, that guy shut me down. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did you, by the way, did you happen to hear the, uh, the Rob Manfred last night during the Major League Baseball draft? No. First walked out of the stage. Boo! Place went well, nuts, sure. man. Man, they booed the hell out of him. Yes. I'm like, when are these guys going to stop? Well, that's the draft. Yeah, I know. That I understand. This is a show. I, I get it. I'm and coming there for music, not the goof nut governor. And he of the is state. a goof nut, too. Yes, he is. He's a bad guy. Hey, what did I tell you? He's a friend of mine. This isn't about politics. No, man, do you know what your gig is right now? Read the room, though. Know who oh, your no. audience is. Gee whiz. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, much more to get to. Including media going after Ron DeSantis' wife. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So Ron DeSantis' wife, Casey, started Mamas for DeSantis. Trying to reach women voters. Mm Mm-hmm. That are concerned about issues involving their kids. Yep. A lot of people thought that's good strategy on the part of DeSantis. Not so much with some of the hacks at MSNBC. Oh, please. So I want to play this because I want to get the reaction from both of you guys because I think this would be fun. I just happened to see this clip. Um, the incredibly masculine Jonathan Capehart was hosting. <laughs> along with Tara Setmeyer. She is a former GOP communications director. Oh. And then uh, former Florida congressman and former Republican David Jolly. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to hear is Jolly first before you hear Capehart um, talking about Casey DeSantis. Roll it. Yeah, um, Jonathan, look, Casey DeSantis is a fairly compelling political figure in Florida and now nationally. For many, she's the brighter side to Florida's angry governor. For others, she's become America's Karen. And I think that's the ultimate disconnect here with a campaign that needs to embrace more constituencies to get to the White House. Look, she is a more effective messenger than Ron DeSantis, but if all she is doing is amplifying the wrong message, she's actually clarifying Ron DeSantis's weaknesses. And so this this ideology, the DeSantis doctrine, if you will, that our culture wars are the most pressing moments and we are going to invent these culture wars to terrify voters, that's simply not a message that resonates. So hold on a second. Okay. So for voters that are moms that have kids, what they're being taught in school is not a pressing issue? No, and apparently it was made up. It's absolutely not made up. We've seen it all over the place. Did this guy pay attention to Virginia at all over the last no. couple of years? Apparently not. Maybe that's why he's out of politics. And just another hack on it's MSNBC. So hacky. Yeah, it's so Yes. I got to write a piece about how awful Casey DeSantis is. And so calling her... Um, what America's Karen or whatever? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you heard any of the background. You had the K-part guy. He's snickering. <laughs> was that what oh, that was? Such a burn. Yeah. Now listen. It was just 
Play it up. As I like to say, it doesn't matter if it's presented in heels or boots. The DeSantis doctrine's a losing one. We're going to learn that the more Casey DeSantis gets out there. <laughs> Tara, um, I think David's beaten you um, in terms of taking my breath away during a segment. But real quickly, because I do want to move on to my yeah. pens for a hot second. Uh, America's Karen, David Jolly. Well, I called her. Boy. I called her. Oh, it took his breath away. Jeez. What a weak, weak man. <laughs> Okay. All right. Who's the hacky lady? Go ahead. You know, Serena Waterford wannabe needs to cut it out. We see you. So <laughs> there's there's all kinds Do of. Do we have a Handmaid's Tale reference, David? No, uh, maybe. I guess. I don't. I don't know. I. Yeah. That's what that These is. Are just there's there's all kinds people. of names for her. She needs to stop trying to measure the great drapes in the White House and think that she's some kind of Jackie O reincarnate. I mean, Casey DeSantis. <laughs> Keep an eye on her, though. She's a wily figure. Yeah. Sexism on full display there. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Wow. Yeah. They're nervous. I'm literally shaking right now because I've never heard something that hateful towards women on television before. Oh, it's, un it's you... unsafe. It's violence. Mm -hmm. That is willing. Violence. It is yeah. violence. Are you willing to go so far as to say that it took your breath away? It did take my breath away, yes. It's hateful. <laughs> who talks like who that? Who watches that? I know, who talks like that? <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right, David, biggest story of the day. The biggest story of the... Sorry, I just saw something that kind of blew my mind. Took my breath away, you could say. What is it? That turfism actually upholds patriarchy. By, yes! By gatekeeping femininity. I'm sorry. I, okay, I just got distracted. I need to... Like, not have that stuff on my computer while we're talking. Whoa, buddy. Um, all right, biggest story. Oh, of let's the... lean into that. <laughs> so the trans ideology needs to be protected from the turfs. Yeah. Is that the piece? That's that's the piece. I think we're going to have to dive into that. Yeah. Okay. okay. That could be fun. Right. <laughs> and we'll get to the biggest story of the day, and we'll get to the Scott Robbins top three stories of the day, the trifecta, all coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Maybe senility is contagious, and we're learning about this from the White House. Ooh. So you got a uh, spokesman for the State Department, Matthew Miller is his name, giving a briefing, uh, updating people about, you know, sending weaponry to Ukraine in order to beat back Russia. Mm -hmm. um, and, well, he, he took a little spin on the whoopsie-go-round. was very Biden-esque, you could say. Oh. Here We believe the war has been a strategic failure for Ukraine. Uh, the secretary spoke to this in a speech he gave in Helsinki uh, last month, I believe it was. Uh, what's that? I'm sorry. A excuse me. A strategic failure for, for Ukraine. Uh, thank you for the correction. Um, uh, which is, oh, I, I need more than one cor correction today. A strategic, this is the first time at the podium for, for a week. I'm a little, I'm apparently a little rusty. <laughs> You're trying to say strategic failure for Russia, obviously. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the first time he said it, I'm like, wow, I'm surprised they're actually admitting that. Yeah. All the press jumps in. Do you, do you mean Russia there, Matt? <laughs> huh? Yes, I mean Ukraine. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it was like he took some of that Jim Carrey liar, liar juice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been a strategic failure for Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say that. Oh, buddy. Okay. Well, thank you for that update. Now, what's the story with turfs ruining yeah. everything? 
Uh, yeah, so TERF is the term trans-exclusionary radical feminist, which is basically a woman who knows she's a woman and mm -hmm. says that womanhood is something unique that cannot be co-opted by a dude in costume. Yes. And the trans ideologues freaking hate that term. They hate the TERFs. How dare you say I'm not a woman? Ah. Right. So and who would you this... say, as far as they're concerned, uh, the biggest turf on the planet? J.K. Rowling. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no doubt. All the, of the Harry Potter lady, which yeah. is yes. very odd. But, yeah, she had the audacity to just say, no, being a woman is a unique thing. If you're trans, right. that's great. And she says, yeah, I support trans people, blah, blah, blah. But, but being that a woman. That wasn't good enough. No, being a woman is is a unique experience that cannot just be replicated by a confused man or imagined yeah that's a fact that sorry that that's hurt a your feelings but yes that's, that's the truth. a fact yep uh there's a commentator a uh, far left-wing commentator uh emma vigeland i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that right or vigeland or whatever okay uh, commentator with the Young Turks, a far left uh, podcast, does some other work elsewhere. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, says quote, "Turfism actually upholds patriarchy by gatekeeping femininity, insisting that the boundaries of womanhood are drawn by sexual and/or reproductive organs. <laughs> by reinforcing existing gender binaries, turfs lock women into the male gaze, whether for baby making <laughs> or mere sexualization." <laughs> Uh -huh. Oh, my gosh. You know, we talked about it on Friday, Jamie. Um, there is an ancient tomb that was found in Spain, uh, like a little more than a day, well, maybe about 15 years ago or so. And they yeah. assumed that the person who was buried in the tomb was a man because of very ornate things that were left behind in there. And they just thought, well, you know, the, the culture probably would have been supporting a man probably wouldn't have given that kind of designation to a, a woman. But then they went and investigated the chompers, right? They scraped tooth enamel and determined that actually this 5,000-year-old 5, corpse mm -hmm. was a woman. So you're telling me <laughs> that that's not just trapping somebody in the male gaze. There is actually something... <laughs> That is unique about womanhood, something that's unique about manhood, that isn't a costume. Yes. It can be actually derived and, 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 and asserted by something like tooth enamel 5,000 years from now. Right. They'll be able to say that's a man or that's a woman. And that's not going to change. That's the reality. And you can say it as nice as you want. Or you can say, sorry, uh, you're always going to be a dude. Either way, the reality doesn't change. No. It is what it is. They won't have it. All right. Are you ready for your big three? Yeah, set? let's go. Okay, let's trifecta it. time. Mm -hmm. Roll it out. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, Scott Robbins trifecta hits top three stories of the day. Helped by his hero. I'm Casey Casey. Hey, buddy. Have a good weekend. Yes. Okay, I didn't see you. I'm ready. Doors always three. open, never shows up. I don't know. <laughs> Number three. three. Number three, most Americans say their pets are like children. Yeah, Pew Research Center just conducted an analysis to learn more 
about how we Americans view our pets. They surveyed 5,073 people. That's a big sample size. Mm -hmm. 2,963 pet owners. Everyone who took part in the survey is a member of the Center's American Trends Panel, whatever that means. It's an online survey thing, I guess they do. Most Americans, 62%, own a pet, including about a third who have more than one. And nearly all pet owners, 97%, say their pets are part of their family, according to the research. About half of them not only consider their pets to be part of their family, but say they're as big a part of the family as humans. Some of them say we prefer our dogs and cats to people. <laughs> to that, I would say uh, there are times I do agree with that, yes. Yes. Honestly, man, I was surprised you were here today. I thought you were taking the day off. Why? I had heard it was National Kitten Day. I thought maybe you wanted to take the day off because you're a cat person. I got no kittens, though. But still, just because you are. Yeah, right. I, I mean, you've cats. always I've liked, liked animals to a degree, but since yes. your heart attacks, yeah, you, I've, I've you've gone. I mean, softened the edges a little bit. Yes. Well, I, you were a big, your, your dog was part of the family. Yes, but not yeah. treated the same as a human. No. Let's not get too crazy. Well, I don't know. Some people would say mine are treated like humans, but I. <laughs> well, I just I got a message from a buddy of mine. He's like, you know, your boy Robbins is posting about his cats again on your Facebook page. I didn't my, post about my cats on the face, our Facebook page. That's what I was told. Oh, well, I, I posted know. about I cats, you, but not about my cat. Uh, I'm thinking I, I have an option. You know, we David and I could run it, or you, you can post cat stuff on the Facebook page, and I choose to let that just roll. You, you can post whatever you want on the Facebook page. <laughs> I Generally, I do. I, I just... Well, I don't think it was about your cats. It was about no, cats in general. No, it was about cats in general, yes. There was one about yes. cats in general, yes. 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 Very manly. I'll okay. okay. <laughs> We're getting closer you know, and closer to number one. Just suck. You just suck. All right. Two. Yeah. Number two, uh, New York City hotline. You're telling me you got zero calls. Uh, yeah, if you're in New York and you're looking what? for a new job, there's one opportunity you might want to check out, particularly if you're seeking a lower stress environment. You'll have plenty of free time to catch up on reading, correspondence, Big being a big city government job. They pay pretty well. We're talking about the position as an operator for the city's involuntary hospitalization hotline where people, particularly police officers, but everybody can, can call to report homeless people who may be experiencing mental health issues and seek guidance on what to do. And why is this job low stress? Because since it was established six months ago, not one person has called. Not one. You're sitting there doing the shift, looking at the phone, looking at the phone, looking at the phone. No one's calling. That's amazing. The average person wants no part of this. Dropping, you know, calling up this hotline saying, hey, this guy barked at me at the subway today. I think he's nuts. They don't, they don't do it. They don't want to get involved in any of this stuff, right? And the cops are like, what do you want me to do? I'm not doing it either. So nobody's doing it. So you're paying somebody full-time, several people, working three shifts, to stare at a phone all night. I love government. I love government when they get involved in problem-solving. Oh, goodness. Gosh, the numbers get smaller as the hits get bigger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's right. They do. Scott Robbins trifecta, mm -hmm. top three of the day, up to number one. Number one, a girl in Illinois got kicked off the swim team because she objected to a naked man in the locker room. Yeah. What? Yeah, what is kind of hate is that? Illinois teenager voiced concerns to her swim coach about biological males, two of them, identifying as transgender women being allowed in the girls' locker room she was accused, of course, of what? Hate speech. You better believe it. Last April, 16-year-old Abigail Wheeler 
a swimmer in the Springfield YMCA spy swim team enter the girls' locker room. She was going to change. Mm-hmm. She noticed a couple of transgender individuals sitting there. This is what her dad said anyway after she was, he was told about this. Okay. The head coach, Alex Tortra, was informed of the situation but said, hey, man, what do you want me to do? Nothing I can do about it. Request by parents to ask trans individuals for private bathrooms was sent out in an email. They were also informed the swim policy was denied that they would be able to change in the girls' locker rooms. Wheeler told the coach. So just to be clear, so they said, no, the biological males are going to be able to change in the girls' locker room. Yes. Okay. And if you objected to it, you were not. It was nothing but hate speech, and you need well, it's to hate speech. Dial it back. No, you need a dose of reality. She got kicked this off the team. And, and by the way, probably the best thing that happened to her. Gosh dang, man! <laughs> there was only that one quote from the father, but man, I'm telling you, if uh, again, the more people just speak out against it, mm-hmm. okay, there is strength in numbers. It may feel like oh man i don't know if i want to go out there on this you do or you're this is going to keep happening but on what planet is this okay our planet i mean but seriously just to have some sort of dialogue and say is this all right with you i don't understand this no i mean there's a group of people that have been brainwashed for a long time now to actually believe no you're hateful if you don't play pretend with these people well there is a suggestion being made that perhaps they have another locker room where they can change no no, that's not good enough. Not good enough. Wow. Man, oh, man. And there you have it. Yeah. Something, man. You know, there's another story, just throwing it out there. It's not like a huge news story, but it's of interest that I think you might find interesting. And maybe you've heard of this before. Have you ever heard of, like, a case of green, hairy tongue? No. Yeah, I saw this story. Rare case of green, hairy tongue is pure nightmare mm-hmm. fuel. Eey. Okay, now, David, you're a vigorous brusher when it comes to your teeth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've talked about this before. Okay. Uh, apparently, this dude developed an unusual condition which a shaggy carpet of green fibers covered his <laughs> tongue. This is in the New England Journal of Medicine. <laughs> Holy cow. Green, hairy tongue, huh? Yes. I actually had that for a weekend. It was after that crazy time I dated Madonna. Weird. <laughs> that is strange. I'd never heard of it before. <laughs> well, who has? Well, you're growing hair on your tongue. Good golly, man. That, yes. <laughs> That'll send you to the ER, won't it? Yes. It's, what do they call it? It's densely packed on the top of the tongue. The, these little... Oh God! Follicle things. I just got a chill up my spine, man. Yeah, it, I'm. Oh. I don't know why the top of my head is itching right now. Just talking about it. Just, let's just move on from that. What, is it like a fungus or? Yes, the, experts don't know how this whole process begins, but there are clear patterns and associations in those who develop the condition. Hairy tongue most often shows up in men and is associated with older age, smoking, alcohol use, excessive coffee, or black tea consumption, poor oral hygiene, certain cancers, and a use of certain medications. You need a grounds crew? <laughs> <laughs> it's Scott's tongue builder. <laughs> Golly. That would be pretty horrible. 
I'll give him that. All right, you've got to get to a news update and Nimrod's in the news straight ahead. All right, then. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, news update, David Van Camp. I'm sorry, what did you say? 38% of students at Brown University don't identify as straight. Just saw that headline, yes, that is correct. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Well, in fairness, they keep adding numbers and letters to the whole thing to where it's yes. like, well, if I prefer brunettes over blondes, I'm some member of the alphabet mafia. Yeah, just put me in the plus group so I can fit in with the cool kids. Right. I mean, that's... Yeah. Keep adding colors and stripes to that stupid flag. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, now we're going to need a separate flag for epileptics who are affected by that flag. <laughs> This is just, if you didn't believe it's a social contagion, <laughs> yeah. you should now. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Okay. Did you have anything else? Because no. I got some Nimrods. No, that's it. That's all I had. Sorry, that was, <laughs> took my head out of the game there. <laughs> yeah, 38%. Yeah. <laughs> sure it I'm is. sure that's true. Okay, let's go with Nimrod. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Well, we start. A little tip of the cap to my friends in Quincy, Illinois. There's a little caper going on there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Happened at 3.30 in the morning this last Thursday. Cops posted the security footage to see if anyone could ID the furry felon. The furry felon? What uh, are we talking about? Mm -hmm. Well, the video is black and white. It looks like the pink bunny costume from A Christmas Story. Jeez. Oh, it's like this pajama-style uh, sort of outfit where the head is a hoodie. And it looks like from the size, it's probably a man, but it's also kind of hard to tell. No clear shot of their face. They rummage through some drawers in the back and grab two big canisters at this laundromat, possibly filled with quarters. And it seemed like they knew where to look there on inside jobs or what they're thinking. Mm. But they're looking for this person right uh -huh. now. Very interesting. Mm. Meanwhile, <laughs> three TSA agents in Miami were arrested for what? Stealing stuff from passengers during security screenings. Yep. I think about this all the time. I do. <laughs> what, the stealing to go stuff. Yeah. through your stuff and yeah, then steal, steal it? Steal something, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, a better note, I guess, if you've bought A&W root beer in the last seven years, mm -hmm. uh, you could get a cool five bucks coming your way. Dang. Because they just lost a class action lawsuit because they said, yeah, we use real vanilla in the root beer. Yeah. It was proven. No, you don't. Oh, boy. It's a synthetic substitute. Mm. Can't do that. So they got caught. And that is somebody's crowning achievement in life. Yeah, proving right. that that root beer doesn't have real vanilla. Yeah. Can you imagine when that test came back? Just as I suspected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's Nimrod's in the News.